Welcome to the Behind the Connection podcast, the podcast that covers all things internet and technology related. The good, the bad, the complexities, and the realities. We talk about it all right here on Behind the Connection. I'm Tyler Rasmussen, and I'm your host. I've got a couple of great guests here with me today from Strata, and I hope somebody is holding up the roof back at the Roosevelt office, because I have a couple of really important players here with me today. So who's holding up the roof? It's probably crumbling <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> well, Just I kidding. certainly hope not. But but with the two of you out of the office, yeah, we, we need to make this quick because got a couple of really important players here. Um, I wanted to get uh, Jason McKee here. We'll let him introduce himself in just a moment and, and Stephanie Arnold here into the studio today to talk about some changes that have been made by our board of director board of directors relative to our cooperative voting procedures, which are some fairly significant changes um, that are going to have a, a dramatic impact on our membership. And so we wanted to talk about those briefly today. So um, let's just take just a minute and allow you two to give brief introductions. Jason, do you want to start? Sure. So I'm Jason McKee. I've been with the company for over 20 years now. Um, I'm the CFO. Uh, worked with the chief fun officer. Uh, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> no, the chief financial officer. Jason's very, very modest. So I'm going to really emphasize all of the good that he does today and try to make him really uncomfortable as much as I can. That's not very hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason's our chief financial officer. You've been in that role for probably a little over a year now, right? A couple of years now, With yeah. the company for 20, as yeah. you stated. Um, just a really, really important player in our organization. We appreciate all you do. You're kind. No, no, it's it's sincere. Stephanie, give us a brief intro of yourself. Sure. Yeah, I'm Stephanie Arnold. I have been with Strata for going on eight years now in the marketing department. Get to work with Tyler Rasmussen get to or have to. <laughs> yes, exactly. I am so sorry. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. I, not everybody would agree with me, but I think our department is the funnest department because we get to do a lot of really fun things. Um, we get to get to promote a lot of the good things that Strata does and the progress that's being made in the company to our customers and the community. Um, we also get to plan corporate events, and one of those is our annual meeting, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in this mm -hmm. episode. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really great company be, company to be a part of. And, yeah, I'm not from here. I grew up out on the Wasatch Front and ended up out here because my husband is a Roosevelt native. So you got to be careful <laughs> dating those Uinta Basin boys, somehow, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah, somehow I ended up out here and then haven't left yet. So I don't know that I ever will. So yeah. Well, we hope you don't leave. We hope you don't leave. So Stephanie didn't state her title either, but she's our new marketing supervisor, been in that role for just a few months, but with the organization for eight years. Been right. a fantastic addition to our organization, so we're we're thrilled to have her here with us. Um, and Jason didn't mention this either, but you're from Tridell. Yep. yep it's good to mention. Jason boy here. Yeah, that's right. Born and bred, you've lived here most of your life other than schooling and probably um, yep. church mission service, right? Yep, yep, a few years away. So... so. Great. Well, I really appreciate you two joining us. Let's dive into this just a little bit. So the premise of our conversation today, which is not specifically technology related, like we typically, you know, target in this podcast, but it does have an impact on our members um, and Strata as a cooperative. We're a technology company and uh, has a significant, this topic has a significant impact on our membership. So we want to take a few minutes and talk about it to make sure everybody's comfortable. So I have now used the term cooperative a couple times. 
And we, we, I think, assume most people know what that is, but let's just take just a minute and review what a cooperative is. Somebody take a stab at that. Okay. Let me, let me start with that. Okay. Yeah, please. Uh, Strata is a, is a cooperative. Uh, Moon Lake's another local cooperative uh, in other parts of the country. Agricultural cooperatives are a fairly standard way of doing business. And, and basically they come out of the, the need, usually in rural areas, but there's a recognition that, that sometimes the customers and the owners are sometimes the same people or should be. There's the same set of needs. And so mm -hmm. a cooperative is a form of membership where the members and the, I guess the customers are kind of the same group. And so, mm -hmm. so in Strata's situation, that's the way you become a member of the co-op is you sign up for service of Strata. It costs you nothing to become a member, but now you're an owner. Mm -hmm. And so there's some benefits that come with that. Mm -hmm. And I know some of those are maybe like voting. You have the right to vote for, for board members that, that direct the company, make the decisions for the company. Somebody can obviously run for a board seat if they would like to. And and I think we've got some board seats coming up that that'd be an opportunity for some that may be interested. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, some that are maybe one of the benefits that people probably most generally see is there's some some return of capital back to the, to the owners or to the members. Mm -hmm. And we do that annually. So. so, yeah. So let me try to restate this and you correct me if I say anything wrong, but a cooperative, like a, a probably a, a common analogy that would help people understand this is if you own stock in a company, right? You know, mm -hmm. you buy stock into a, in a, in a for-profit company, you're, a, you're a part owner, you know, you, you own a certain amount, a small percentage of that company based on the number of stock you hold and the performance of that for-profit organization will yield you benefits over time, potentially, right? If they do well, those can come in the forms of increased valuation of your stock or dividends based on the company's earnings, et cetera. So what you described sounds very similar, right? It's, it's similar in that as a subscriber to the company, if I buy services from Strata Networks, I'm now kind of like a stockholder. Correct. I'm an, I'm an owner. One of the things that's interesting about a co-op is in a stock situation, maybe a, somebody buys a lot of shares and so they have more say in what happens in the company. In a cooperative, it's one vote for one member. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter how little or how much you buy in service, you get one vote and it's equal. So it's more democratic than... Yeah, that's a great distinction. I'm glad you pointed that out. So um, let's hit on this really quickly, and then we'll jump to Steph and have her just describe the history of the company briefly. But um, you mentioned uh, an opportunity for the members to kind of share in the earnings. I think we call that within our organization you know, capital credits and yes. patronage payouts. And once again, those terms may not be totally familiar to the to the typical listener. So describe that process just at a high level. Yeah, words mean <clears throat> things, right? Mm -hmm. And so patronage really is usage. And so there's, an, there's a formula we run at the back of the year and, and say, hey, you know, customers use maybe $1,000 of service a year. That's patronage. That's usage. And then let's say the company made, I don't know, let's say they made $500 during the year, let's say $5,000 during the course of the year. And so that would be... Well, that a proportionate kind of, amount. It'd be yeah. a proportionate amount. And so we will allocate a portion based on that $1,000 mm -hmm. among all the members and would allocate, say, 2% back to the, to mm -hmm. the member. Mm -hmm. And then based on that 2%, then we would apply that against, say, the $5,000. And then they could get their their percentage back. Yeah. So the simple thing is, it, I, and once again, correct me if I state this wrong, but the board of directors, you know, oversees the the organization as a whole. They manage the CEO. Um, mm -hmm. They have specific strategic directives that they oversee and approve. And when when the organization during a fiscal year makes money has a net profit, they can determine how to best use those. And right. one of the ways they can consider, they're not required to, but they can consider using those funds is to give money back to some of their, yes. their owners, their, mm -hmm. their equity holders. And so, um, and that comes in the form of typically a credit on your bill, 
Um, that correct? Once or, a year? Or a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or typically, a check. It can be either way, but typically yeah. we've done a check, but it theoretically could be either way. Gotcha. So that's basically the dividend in the analogy that I shared mm-hmm. before is if, if you as a subscriber to the company and as a member owner are part of an organization that's you know, financially successful for that year, there's benefits to you. Right. And the others you mentioned is once again, you get to vote for your board of director positions and you could potentially run as well if you wanted and if you were interested in being a board of director. Okay. Hopefully that covered that, you know, little bit of a cooperative overview. Um, Steph, give us just a brief history, if you don't mind. Sure. I can take a stab at this. You two probably will have some things to add. Um, You have both been with the company longer than I have. Um, But back, what, almost 70 years ago, Mm -hmm. I think we're coming up on that 70-year mark, um, was when there was a group of farmers slash ranchers that they kind of banded together um, because a lot of these surrounding rural communities were being denied phone service back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So they rallied together to fix that problem. And they said, if nobody's going to bring it to us, we'll just find a way to do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, So they um, formed what was our original board of directors. Mm -hmm. And they thought it was important to be formed as a cooperative. And they wanted um, the people who were using the services to remain owners. And that's stuck with us to obviously where we are today. So yeah, that's a great, great synopsis. It totally does. Um, And I think originally there were, you know, seven exchanges. When we say exchanges, they're kind of like districts or voting districts. Um, That's, that's how it was established originally. And as you've mentioned, those were the outlying exchanges, phone exchanges in the UNA Basin. And then as many will remember in 2001, UNA Basin Telephone at the time, Strata Networks acquired the Quest exchanges of Vernal, Roosevelt, and Duchesne and added three additional voting districts or exchanges to the mix. And so now there's a total of 10. And uh, we'll, we'll be talking about some of those specific districts that are up for election this year, but 10 total voting districts. So if you're a customer in one of those exchanges, you would be eligible to run for your voting district's board seat when it comes up and available. And they rotate on three-year terms. So... Every year there's um, at least three up for election, and then every third year there's four up for election. Because so, we have 10 board seats. Yeah, 10 board seats. Okay. So which districts are up for election this year? Do you want to hit that one, Jason, of yes. those of those 10? Yes. So we have Duchesne, we have the Flat Top Exchange, Fruitland, and then LaPointe. So. Perfect. So just b- briefly, once again, just information. If somebody is interested in running for one of those seats, what's the process? What, what should they do? You guys want to take a stab at that one? Sure. They need to file to run at our corporate office. So our office in Roosevelt across from l at the main intersection. Um, there is a candidate entry period that begins April 16th this year, and it will end on the 26th. Okay. So you need to come in and file um, with our administration. Yeah. And there's... I think there's some simple documentation that's filled out there. Um, a couple of areas that are verified to make sure that, you know, you don't have a conflict or a, a competing business or something like that. But generally, most people, if they have an account that's in good standings, they're eligible to run. Yep. Yeah. And then it's an election, right? It's it's basically just like a political process that you would see for a state, um, county, local level seat, right? Mm-hmm. You, it's actually a, an election. So that's what we want to spend the remainder of our time talking about today. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the historical process, what it's looked like up until this change, um, that the board just recently voted on. And then we'll talk about why they, when I say voted on, they've agreed to, and and then why they've chosen to make this change. You guys want to just jump in on that? What does the process typically look like 
to vote. You want me to take the old one and Stephanie, you want to take the new one? Does that work? (laughs) That works. Take it away, Jason. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, so like you said, we had the, the filing period comes if we have multiple candidates come in and there's a primary at the district level to get it down to, to two candidates. And, and truthfully, over the past several years, we haven't had a lot of those, but, we, but we've had them sometimes. Um, and then at that point, then we go to the, the annual meeting where there's the, the general election. So each, each district, in this example, therefore, we would bring as many as eight candidates mm-hmm. to those each Two exchange. from each exchange, Two potentially. From, correct, yep. And then all the membership from, from the entire area will vote on all four candidates. And, and so we think that gives voice to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. Some people may say, how come a small exchange or a large exchange, why, why might they get different representation? Part of that goes back to the historical roots of who we are and why we were set up that way. But it does allow everybody to have say in, in selecting the best board seats for our board members for the, for the board. Mm-hmm. And, and so that typically, historically, that was handled. There was usually a couple of days where they could do kind of a, early voting period, mm-hmm. and then we do voting at the meetings. Uh, that worked probably okay for, for many, many years, but just like everything else, uh, COVID kind of upended that. Mm-hmm. And we recognized and realized that that maybe we needed to find a better way to to meet customers and meet members and, and have that election process when when meeting in person is not really feasible. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, just to emphasize the position that the company, I think, has felt in the past is that it's been really important to get people to that meeting, mm-hmm. which does represent a bit of a hardship, I think, for some. If you're from Tabiona, you know, and you've got to drive to Roosevelt where the meeting is being held, or or um, contrarily, if you live in Jensen, you know, and you need to drive to Roosevelt to vote, that, that may be a bit of an impediment for some. But I think the board has felt like they want, they have wanted people to be there at the meeting to be educated on the organization and informed when they're participating in those voting processes. So we would certainly continue to encourage that engagement and involvement at whatever degree, you know, our, our members are able to provide, but we are, we are trying to remove some of those impediments for the reasons that we'll outline. And that meeting has been a great meeting to talk about for education. Mm -hmm. It gives an opportunity to really meet one-on-one with members and to address concerns or issues or things that membership has, but it also allows us to to help the membership understand what we're doing. And and so it's a valuable meeting. We we would encourage people to come to those meetings. Yeah. Okay, Steph, so what are we transitioning to? Okay, so... Like what we just touched on, last year's pandemic kind of threw us all for a loop. And up until last year, we had required in-person voting. Um, So the board now has decided to transition away from that. And instead, this year, we are going to be doing kind of a hybrid approach where people can either mail in slash online vote. Um, So I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be a good change. Um, You touched on some of the different variables that this Mm -hmm. might resolve. But yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people that haven't been able to attend annual meeting in the past just due to geography or schedules. Um, Yeah, just some other variables, and this will eliminate that. Um, So do you want me to get into the specifics on what that will look like? Yeah, dive into it. That'd be great. Okay, so we have chosen to work with a third-party vendor um, just so they can be completely objective. They're not affiliated with Strata other than they are partnering with us on this. So all of the voting will take place between a voting window. It will start on May 12th and continue through June, June 8th. Um, so anyone who's a member 
will receive a mailed ballot on May 12th or shortly after. Um, and then from there, it's fairly straightforward. They should just follow the instructions that are included with that physical ballot um, and make sure to return it to the address that's listed on the envelope. Um, this is important for people to know. We won't accept ballots in the stores or offices. Everything is being handled by this partner of ours. Um, so you need to allow enough time for mailing and shipping so that our vendor will receive your completed ballot before the close, which is June 8th. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, we would certainly encourage people to make sure they're in the mail by, you know, June 5th, probably at the oh, latest, but yeah. or if not sooner. And, and we're specifically not stating a date because there's mailing processes in the middle and mm -hmm. we, we want your so ballot to be received. Control. So get it submitted as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. There's and also I, an online option. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, that's the other side of this. Um, if you have an email address that's associated with your Strata account, you'll also receive an email um, on May 12th, the start of that voting window. From there, it's pretty straightforward. Once again, you'll just click on the link and place your vote online. Um, and it's pretty much instantaneously. Okay. So how are you going to handle a situation if somebody tries to vote twice? I was or just like going to talk about that. Thank uh, you. Vote in both locations, meaning they'll submit a mail-in ballot and then both. turn on, you know, try to potentially vote online. Yeah. In that case, we will count whichever vote was placed first. So okay. if you voted online, that's the vote that we're going to count. Sounds great. So in theory, if somebody got down to like um, June 6th mm -hmm. and they hadn't filled out their mail-in ballot, and they thought, oh, no, there's a chance it won't be received in time. They could yeah, still just jump online and submit a, a ballot electronically, correct? Yes, and okay. you will need to have an email on file. That's the only way that we have to so send that to So what's the best way for people to confirm that they that we have a valid email that they're using on associated with their account? Do you just, just want them to call in? Just give us a call mm -hmm. okay. or come into great. our stores and we can check that for you. It's a simple update to your account. Okay, let's let's spend just a minute. I don't want to get too deep into this, but let's talk about this objective third-party vendor just mm -hmm. just to give, you know, the listener a sense of comfort that we've done as much due diligence as we possibly can here. Obviously, we're in a circumstance in society where there's a lot of questions around voting processes. We just came through this with our presidential election at the US, you know, the national level. So, um can the two of you just describe the party that we've selected and, and why? What's their experience level? You know, what what um, security measures do they have in place, et cetera? Sure. The company that we've selected is Survey Ballot and Systems, and they're an industry leader in this type of election. Mm -hmm. So we feel really confident about them. Um, they use the same security measures as U.S. banking and financial institutions. So, yeah, we feel really good about the integrity mm -hmm. of their process. And then along with just what they have in place, we'll also designate, like we've done in the past, some election judges that will be present um, when the results come in. So it's not just a strata employee sitting at a computer desk and they're the only eyes that are on the results. So we'll have some election judges that are um, cooperative members that mm -hmm. aren't affiliated with the company. Yeah. And they'll actually have the opportunity to work with um, our legal counsel and to have basically full transparency into the whole process. Right. right. And, and that's the intent is they're, they're there to make sure that the the election process is secure and accurate and fair and appropriate. And mm -hmm. so um, once again, we feel good about where we're at. We want to make sure that we help, I think, the listener feel good about the process that's being followed, especially based on what has happened over the last <laughs> several months. Um, okay. So, and I think you may have even mentioned this, Steph, but uh, so SBS has what, 
two and a half, three decades of experience in this particular space, 25 plus years. Is that correct? Of you know, I'm helping, not sure I'd have to check. Helping, but... you know, similar telco cooperatives with voting processes. All, so, all across the country. Yeah, yeah. all across the country. So, um, yeah, well-versed in this process. Mm-hmm. You know, it will change our election a little bit because in the past, it really was limited to the to the limited numbers that would show up to the meeting. Mm-hmm. And and this really opens it up to, to everybody across the basin. And so we expect greater participation. And and so I think that's a it really drives engagement and hopefully mm-hmm. it encourages people to understand the cooperative and understand what their role in the cooperative is a little bit better. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Just to add to that, I think that there's probably a fair amount of people who still aren't even aware that Strata is a cooperative. Yeah. Um, as much as we try to notify people about our annual meeting and the value of being a part of a cooperative, I think that there's still a lot of people who don't know. And so by having a ballot that's mailed to them directly, I think it will educate a lot of people on on that piece. I, I agree with you. I think it just extends those membership benefits deeper into the membership, right? And, and just makes it more uh, convenient, I mm-hmm. think, and accessible for members to, to leverage that benefit, the, the, the benefit of being able to vote for who represents them. So, One of the things I like about the, the SBS solution, that third-party solution we're using, is it allows to have kind of a, a, a bio for the people that are for running. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you're a, if you're going to vote, you can go in, you can log in, you can get to know who the candidates are, see a little bit of their background. And, and, you know, there's probably some things we can do with, to help, mm-hmm. help that process work. But I think it gives us a little bit of better visibility of who we're actually electing. So. I completely agree. So I think we've probably made this fairly clear, but let's, you know, I'm, I'll just ask the question again. Why, why should people vote? Why should they care to even vote and participate in the process? Each one of you give your little elevator pitch. You got 30 seconds, Steph. Just kidding. You can <laughs> well, take as much time as you want. <laughs> I think it's a really rare thing for customers slash members to be able to have a say in company matters. Um, that's something that you only get with being a part of a cooperative. And you have to remember that a board of directors, they represent you, the members. And so you want to make sure that the people that are in those positions have the best interests of both the cooperative and also you as a member. So... Yeah, get out there and use your voice. We're making it more convenient than ever. So now's Great. your chance. Jace? I, I think about a, a phrase I heard years ago that said, you know, the 5% that shows up really drives the decisions. They make they make the difference. They're they're the ones that, that make what happened happen. Mm-hmm. And so I think by by participating, whether it's in, in government elections or in, a, in this example, in a cooperative election, you're showing up, you're making your voice heard, and it allows you to... It just allows you to make a difference in selecting the best leaders and the best people that most represent what, what are important and what the basin values are. So, I, Yeah, I agree. Great summary from both of you. Okay, so just a quick summary then. Um, what are the requirements to vote? You need to have landline and or internet service from Strata. Okay, so if you're a Strata customer of landline, voice, mm-hmm. so home voice phone. service, home phone, or broadband or internet services, you are a member, you have the right to vote, you will receive a ballot. Um, so if somebody's activating service in the next couple of months, is there a cutoff date when they need to have services activated prior to them, you know, prior to the voting process? Starting? Yes, there is. May 5th, um, we had to inevitably have a cutoff date in order okay. to know who to mail a ballot so, to. So May 5th I mean, is that date. Uh, just to restate again, if somebody comes in and activates new services on May 7th or May 6th and there are new broadband subscribers, they, they will not be eligible to vote this right. year. Okay. So if you're thinking about getting service with Strata, you want to vote, make sure it's prior to May 5th. 
Okay, so um, Steph, just give us a really quick recap of what else would be happening at the annual meeting, why people might want to come. We might want to also disclaim the fact that that's still a little bit fluid based on health and safety guidelines, but maybe let people know um, what does happen at the annual meeting if sure. they do want to come, when it's going to be and where it's going to be, uh, when and where it will be held. Be sure. Great. Yeah, even though we're talking about this change in voting process, we still very much encourage our members to come out to our annual meeting. Um, it's a highlight, I think, for the company, and um, it's a good chance for us to, like Jason talked about, talk one-on-one -on -one with our members. Um, so it is scheduled right now for June 10th, and it will be at Union High School as long as public health and safety guidelines allow. Um, I think we're optimistic that we'll be able to do that, but still trying to so what are, be somewhat flexible. what are you going to do if the meeting can't be held? Um, we hope to have some kind of virtual meeting held online if it comes to that. So we want to be able to conduct business um, and not have what happened last year happen. So Okay. So we I don't think we've stated this, but the winners of the election would also be announced at that meeting, No, correct? we haven't said that. Yes, that's when our results will be announced. Okay, so during yeah. the business meeting portion of that night. Gotcha. Elections will all be wrapped up. The results will be provided to, you know, uh, company legal counsel and the election judges, and they will then you know, provide that report to the membership that night on June 10th. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So and typically, just to finish what you had asked earlier, typically we have a customer appreciation barbecue held um, prior to the start of the business meeting. And we have some booths that are set up where you can talk with employees and learn about new products and services that we might have. Um, and then our business meeting starts a little bit later in the evening. And that's where you can hear reports from the board of directors and our CEO certainly have a great opportunity at that point too to speak directly with our directors you know, and and company officials as well if you, you have something that you'd like to share a concern or a suggestion or a thought and that's a great place to come and and talk with us you know privately and or even in the meeting right so hopefully i really want you to show up and talk to him <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that was get the invitation yeah get well, the face behind the voice that's right, right. <laughs> St steph is going to be much better at answering any questions <laughs> that somebody might have but no, that's that's kind of the point of the meeting is interaction with the members, right? It's yes. a formal opportunity to have interaction and, and engagement with the members. So we welcome that participation. And we usually have some door prizes. Yeah. I think that's kind of a highlight for a lot of people come stick around for the door prizes and those are kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tradition that's been carried on for many, many years. So I assume that will be the case this year as well. Even if we have to go virtual, Steph, you're going to have to have raffle prizes. Yeah, we can't go without yeah, those. For sure. All right. Anything you two want to summarize before we wrap up. I think it's been a great conversation. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. And uh, I guess that the questions call into the office, right? Yeah, absolutely. Steph? Yeah, just appreciate the time. Um, we do have another resource if people have more questions. Um, they can visit us on our website just at stratanetworks.com slash 2021 election. So mm -hmm. if you have more questions that we didn't address here, um, hopefully they'll be answered on that webpage. Yeah. And um, Probably prior to this podcast even being available, we will be sending out a letter to all of our customers and should be received in, around the first part of April. Um, and that will be outlining a lot of what we've discussed here, pointing, you know, the customer or, you know, the recipient of that letter to the website that Steph just mentioned, probably have this podcast linked there as well as several other resources. So um, we're hoping that we've answered all your questions, but if we haven't, certainly give us a call. We'd love to love to try to make sure we've addressed all the questions. Um, obviously, too, if you have questions or comments about this topic or um, past or uh, future podcast topics, we'd love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email at podcast at stratanetworks.com or comment in 
the social feed where you see this podcast posted. We'd love to hear um, what you'd like us to talk about in the future. So once again, really appreciate you two joining us. Let's get back to Strata and make sure the roof's still on, get you two back to work. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the Strata Networks podcast.